everyone, and welcome back to the Funny Business Podcast. Thank you so much for coming back for yet another episode. And if it is your first time listening to this podcast, I am one of your co-hosts, Mike Gambita. I run the entertainment topics for this podcast, but there's always another half hour that goes to it. And couldn't do it again, like I've always stressed before, I could not have done it without my best friend, my roommate for life, Mr. Tommy Pickles, Mr. Matt Summers. Matt, how is everything going today in the sports world, but as well as, how's everything going for yourself? Well, there's nothing going on in the sports world as of now, hopefully soon, Uh, but it's crazy. Episode 9 already, dude. I'm really looking forward to episode 10, Uh, and for those who will be tuning in the following week for episode 10, I'm sure you will be excited too. Matt has kind of thrown some ideas, I've thrown some ideas myself, and uh, it's a doozy. I'm I'm ready, sort of. I don't think you're ready. I don't think I'm ready for it either. But regardless of episode 10, episode 9, going to be a great one too. Yes, sir. All right. Well, for moving on for today's topics, Matt... Um, for today, it is Friday, but this Sunday will obviously be Father's Day. Um, so happy Father's Day, happy early Father's Day to all those dads or daddies that are watching or listening to us today. Um, thought we would talk about some unique Father's Day gifts, everyone. And maybe you're still kind of last minute. It is Friday or two days away. Maybe it is last minute for you to try to pick up a gift or an item for your father or your father figure in your life. And we decided to find 22 weird Father's Day gifts your dad wants more than you want to plan to give him. Uh, Matt, have you ever actually given your father any type of weird uh, Father's Day gift? A weird Father's Day gift? No, I usually try to keep it pretty normal. Um, Pretty normal? (laughs) Well, yeah. You know, usually like new clothes or a coffee mug or something that's not too extravagant. Yeah. I had to give my uh, my my fa- Mother's Day my Father's Day gift a little early uh, this week because obviously it will not be there for that. Um, but I did get my dad in good fashion a nice thirty pack of Miller Lite, so I feel like that's pretty much a good deal when it comes to a Father's Day gift. <laughs> that's about the ultimate Father's Day gift you can give: beer, food, wine. Sometimes, if you're a wine guy as a dad, uh, yeah, yeah, wine, wine on occasion. Yeah, wine, but. We thought we would go through some unique gifts that you can give to your father or your father figure or dad or whoever it may be um, and just kind of go through and and just kind of get our thoughts as far as what exactly uh, some of the things that we can go with. So um, the first thing that totally caught my attention, they put photos to this. Um, This is actually reported by the HuffPost. Um, The first one that you should give to your father, which is a pretty strong one coming out at the first one, is a merman tail. not a regular mermaid tail, but a, a merman tail. Uh, Matt, do you think mermans exist? Or? First of all, when I read that, I didn't even notice it said merman until you said it. Um, <laughs> the the picture is an all time all time photo. It's a oh, dad photo. Yeah, dad sitting in the pool with his tail in the water. He's looking back. Um, I don't know how my dad would react if I gave him this, and I don't think I want to find out how he would react if I gave him this. <laughs> especially wearing it could you imagine like you were a young age and like you got it for him and be like dad you have to try it on he's like not right now son i don't want to what's the age that if you would give your dad this that he would not react well to it i'd say at least well this is kind of weird because you know father fathers don't come around until maybe i mean typically traditionally maybe like third like late 20s 30s so like i'm thinking if i gave this to my dad like in his 40s or 50s he'd probably be like 
what the hell is wrong with you? <laughs> yeah, that's that's probably what I would go with too. And also, like if you if you give this to your dad, like past age ten, like when you're age ten, that'll it, it, be an interesting conversation. They know it's a complete joke once you buy that for them, and you're that above the age of, uh, I guess, adolescence. Is that is that kind of the yeah, kind of phrase? Uh, probably, yeah, probably. Yep. <laughs> we're we're not scholars. We're we're uh, you know graduate uh, uh, graduate students. Uh, at least one co- graduated one one in the process of graduating. Yeah, we'll get there eventually. <laughs> eventually. So um, the next one that I think would be a really good one for y'all is you know when we get back when we get back to this normalcy of maybe traveling um your father is going to need a new traveling case um why not get a traveling case airport luggage that has your father's face right on it i feel like that's a great gift because you don't have to worry about losing it because no one else is going to have a picture of your father's face on your luggage (laughs) nor is anyone going to steal it because no one wants a uh, suitcase of your father's face on it this actually isn't a terrible idea depending on the photo like, you could put, like, a nice photo of you and your dad, like, in a nice setting on there, and that'd be a cool gift. Some of these photos on the website, maybe not the choice I would go with, but regardless, <laughs> they're unique. Could you imagine a police report, somebody stealing it? Yeah, we have a, uh, somebody stole a luggage case that is, uh, you know, a picture of my face that I'm sleeping on the airport. It's a really ugly photo. I'm sure you'd be able to find him if you just look for the luggage case, not the description of the individual that stole it. It'd also be funny, like, if you did lose it and then you hear, like, an intercom, like, looking for a luggage case, uh, photo of a dad in a bathing suit on it. Like, <laughs> that would, that would take the cake. Or even when you're on the airport and somebody uh, opens up the, you know, the, the the cabin above you sitting in the airplane, which, ladies and gentlemen, by the way, I literally went on my first flight before the coronavirus happened. So for me to say these things, I'm like a little hesitant because I don't even know if it's right. But above the I almost call it like the cabin, but it's like the cabinet that's like yeah. above the seat. Um, could you imagine like as somebody you asking somebody, yeah, can you get me the um the one that has my face on it? And they open it up and it's like facing the guy when he's pulling it. <laughs> it's also a pretty cool conversation starter though. Yeah, how'd you get it? Ah, oh, you know, my son or daughter got it for me for Father's Day. Isn't that nice? So then then your dad gets to make a new friend. <laughs> yeah. That you know what dads always make new friends no matter where they're at. Yes, they have to. Whenever they go on vacation or something, they always find like a local or just someone that, you know, was on the beach with them or at the restaurant. They gotta find someone to talk to. Could be the bartender, could be the waitress, the waiter, could yep. be the person that takes out the luggage. Like I feel like it's very common for, you know, fathers to be like, Yeah, like I met Jimmy who's like, you know, in college and you know, literally has his life story down and you're like Dad, you literally just met him. <laughs> you you got to love how dads can just find anyone to talk to. Oh, gosh. We're going to skip a couple because some of these are actually really lame. And we, as the Funny Business Podcast, don't want to recommend you lame gifts as we uh, are scrolling through this list. But, um, Matt, another one. If you're a big fan, I think you're, yeah, you're a big fan of beef jerky. Oh, how yes. about, Matt, a beef jerky bouquet? That looks pretty good, too. Like that's pretty impressive the way they made it like a bouquet. That's that that'd be an awesome gift. I mean, if I was a father, and my son got me a beef jerky bouquet. First of all, that bouquet would be gone in about fifteen minutes. Second <laughs> of all, that's just a great gift. I think it's it's anything that's uh, edible would would be good, but especially having like beef jerky um, would be something. You know what we should do, Matt? We should do uh, live taste tests for our, our future episodes. Is like getting something that like 
is like a product because what I saw on Facebook today was like ranch. I forget what it was. It was like a ranch blaze. So it was like kind of like buffalo sauce mixed in with ranch. Ooh, that's interesting. Right? We should try that sometime together when Did, we when we both get it. Yeah, or those jelly beans. They're like the weird flavored jelly beans. Uh, That'd oh, be cool. <laughs> we, just, we went two totally different directions on that one. Oh, I was thinking about the jelly bean game where it's like one is like, um, I forget what it is. One's grass and one's like oh, yes. green apple. Yes. Yeah, no, absolutely. We'll do that one. Yep. Yeah. Well, we got a whole list of topics that we can go on moving forward for the rest of the show. No, the but uh, beef jerky bouquet is a top-tier Father's Day gift. Oh, yeah. Well, speaking of continuing on with food, Matt, you know, a lot of these gifts are unique, and and unicorns are very unique as well. Um, The next one that I think is a good recommendation is a unicorn taco holder. Now, Matt, I feel like any time when it comes to tacos, it isn't a bad thing to have a holder in place to keep all the goodness that is inside the taco. But having it as a unicorn is pretty sweet. Yeah, it's definitely unique. My only problem with it is it doesn't look super big. Like it looks like it's a mini taco, and it doesn't look sturdy either to me. No, it doesn't. It looks like it's like its back leg is not firmly on the ground. He needs to firmly plant his back leg on the ground, and then, yeah. and then uh, he'll be good. But I mean, a unicorn taco holder probably not something that everyone's gonna have. So it's definitely a unique gift if you like to stick out. <laughs> stick out among the rest of them. Be a unicorn <laughs> in front of a whole bunch of horses. <laughs> Uh, but moving on here, we got another one here, which is a tuxedo onesie. Matt, pretty self-explanatory. I mean, I'm not really like, I guess it's only during the wintertime I would mind having a onesie on me. I've never worn a onesie before. I'll put that out there just now. But I, I, th- I think Matt has worn a onesie before. It's the Monsters, Inc. The Monsters one that you have. on Halloween, absolutely. <laughs> they're, not, they're actually pretty comfy. Um, so a tuxedo onesie is just, you know, it's funny. It's like a tuxedo t-shirt. Like you, you see a tuxedo t-shirt, a dad's going to laugh. You're like, oh, man, that's a great T-shirt. <laughs> uh, continuing on, Matt, I know both you and I are big Pokemon fan uh, fans. Pokemon. See, it's kind of hard when like the word like Pokemon like sounds like it's plural and then, uh, yeah, whatever. It's, it's Friday, right? It's Friday. The podcast yes. is out of Friday. Let's treat it like it's Friday. Um, a Pokemon ball waffle iron. And Matt... Just because of our discussion from our take it, I wouldn't mind actually having this as a gift because I wouldn't have to buy one because I have to buy something to make something. This is funny. They don't have a Pokemon pancake waffle maker. That's interesting. Now, something I would be really interested in, we're still, I, I feel like we're, we're on a trend here right now, um, is a portable pizza oven. Um, now, like, obviously, like, I think you and I, like, we've kind of put, actually... I don't know. You've heard about my recipe for like a flatbread pizza, right? Does sound pretty good. Yeah. So what I do is I take um, tortillas. I put one tortilla down, sprinkle a little cheese on it. I put another tortilla down. I sprinkle a little bit more cheese, kind of add like I'm like a buffalo chicken guy or a barbecue chicken guy with green peppers and all that. Sprinkle it in, sprinkle a lot more cheese, put it on for 375 or 350. I forget which one. It'll come to me when I'm in the kitchen and I'm doing it. And uh, 10 minutes and boom, you got yourself a flatbread pizza. But having an oven is probably really nice as far as, um, you know, some of the portability with uh, getting your pizza on as far as outside or inside even. No, it's perfect. It's like a portable grill. I mean, you can, you never know when you're going to need to make a pizza. Or if you go on vacation and you don't really feel like using the oven like in the house or in the condo or apartment or wherever you're at in the hotel. Uh, portable pizza oven's super easy. It's just, I think it, I'm assuming it just plugs in, looks like. Um, let me see here. It looks, kind of looks like. I yeah. mean, I haven't checked the, the links yet that goes towards it, but. Yeah. But know, it, I feel it, like. 
I'm sure it's just super easy to use and really convenient. Yeah. Now, uh, continuing on, we are flipping the tables here with uh, the next one. Uh, uh, preserved horse turds. Uh, Matt, I, I hate to be punny, but that sounds like a crappy gift to me. I don't... What's the point of this gift? Like, I don't even um, get it. Let's see here. There are crappy Father's Day gifts, but not like this. Each jar contains preserved poop from Silver Charm, a uh, Hall of Fame thoroughbred that ran in the Kentucky Derby in 1997. See, unless so this is like celebrity poop. Sure. <laughs> but why would you want celebrity poop? I, I, I don't. Unless you're like a true like Kentucky. Like horse think, fanatic? Say, like a big horse fanatic. Yeah. Like Kentucky Derby Maybe fanatic. if like your dad bet on that horse to win and he won a lot of money, that'd be a pretty funny gift, actually. I... I Dude, I think so too. So, um, another one that I uh, feel in that is pretty much a useful gift is a portable solar generator. Um, I know we all have our battery packs and all that, uh, but certainly the sun is uh, unlimited at, at the moment of, of uh, recording this podcast. I don't know why I said that. I feel like I, it, scientists are like, well, the sun's not going to be forever and, and yada yada. But anyway, sun is plentiful when it comes to a gadget like this and i feel like for dads being outside you know at the grill or camping or golfing matt i'm sure you put this to use for you golfing absolutely i think this would especially come in handy uh camping because you know usually the kids are going to want to be on their phone a little bit uh so this gives you know gives them some opportunity to have let some dad have some peace and quiet time yeah now matt moving on big star wars fans for the both of us uh a darth vader blazer I feel like that, if your dad is into the dressing up, I feel like, here. here's my thing. This whole look with the blazer is very subtle. You wouldn't be able to tell unless you actually took a look at it, take a look at it, and was like, you know what, that looks like Darth Vader's, like, top. Like, no, I feel I, like it's, it's very fair. I agree. It's, it's very slick, uh, very subtle, like you said, but it looks sharp. Yeah. No, it definitely it looks uh, really sharp. I'm kind of curious how much this actually costs, considering um what it is um but continuing on we got some customized coloring uh books with um what it looks to be a picture that was taken that was um stenciled out but um i feel like dads don't really color if you ask me yeah this would probably be more of a gift to like maybe for a kid to like color and then you put it on the fridge or something Uh, but it's it's a unique gift i like it Mm -hmm. yeah i'm i'm trying to look at the the blade oh uh it's it's somewhat similar. This one's a little different. It, it's a hundred and twenty dollars, oh, but hey, a blazer's a blazer. <laughs> yeah, it's a nice blazer. It is. It is. But um, you know, kind of moving on with our, our last couple here. Uh, banana whiskey. N- anytime it comes to to dad with whiskey, I feel like uh, banana whiskey is uh, a banana flavored booze. That actually sounds pretty delicious. I don't know how I feel about banana whiskey. Uh, I don't like I like bananas. I'm me personally. I'm not a big banana flavored guy, um, but I would try it. Yeah, I mean, hey, alcohol is alcohol. You try any type of alcohol. Yes, <laughs> and and the bottle the bottle itself, uh, Ambrose, I believe it's called. It actually looks pretty good, so I would definitely yeah. give it a try. I feel like it's it, it's pretty uh, you know compatible as far as I don't comparable comparable as far as any other whiskey that you try. Um, but kind of my final one that that I'd like to mention, Matt, is uh, a kangaroo pouch shirt, and it looks ridiculous. <laughs> it does, but I actually think people uh, like dads would like that because like the picture has a newborn baby in it, and it the here's the reason why dads are gonna like it. 
you put the baby in the little pouch, and then you got room uh. for two beers. <laughs> that is the genius of that the is shirt. a smart yes. dad move. <laughs> yes. If so, you know, if you're looking, if maybe uh, your dad has a little newborn, uh, this is the perfect gift. And it's kind of funny because the 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 guy who's modeling it, I guess, is the best way to say it. Does not look like a dad any way, shape, or form. It's just the model holding on to an infant in his little uh, kangaroo pouch shirt. <laughs> yeah, that's actually I didn't really. That's a pretty good solid gift. Yeah, I mean, hey, you know what, Matt? You could actually probably hold more beer in the pouch too when else when the, the you know the newborn outgrows. You probably could just wear the pouch, put a little ice pack in there. You Ooh, got yourself a little chilly. homemade cooler. <laughs> be a tad chilly there matt but um matt any uh final thoughts on father's day gifts or uh you know any any words of advice in case somebody is really looking for a last minute gift i i always struggled trying to find like a father's day gift but in reality if it's you know something nice something to show your appreciation for your dad and even for your mom on mother's day uh but especially father's day coming up this you know this weekend uh as long as it's something that dad's gonna appreciate he's gonna like it so it's not like it's not like there's should be a whole lot of pressure around Father's Day gifts because your dad loves you no matter what. Yeah. I feel like no matter what what size of the gift, big or small, I think your dad's going to appreciate it. And and it th- says at the bottom the you know it's nothing is is as good as a card and putting how much you care and appreciate your father and how much he's done for for you at the time is uh you know something really uh something really sentimental and I think that would just be the you know, if you really can't find anything, like putting a card together and writing a little note, just how much you appreciate them is certainly something that you can do. So. Absolutely. I actually do that every Father's Day and Mother's Day and birthdays yeah. and whatever. So if you look at that. So, um, well, happy Father's Day to, to everyone a little early, but um, we're going to move on to our next segment. Um, Matt and I were really looking forward to this. Um, so a little bit of a disclaimer here. Uh, what we're talking about is a Netflix show. Um, there will potentially be some spoilers. I think Matt and I will try our best to try to keep everything down a little bit, but at the same time, too, we really can't talk about the show without actually explaining it. Um, oh, there's going to so, be spoilers. Yeah. Th- okay. Yes, yeah. I'm yes. just going to put it out yeah, right there. There's, there's definitely going to be spoilers. <laughs> um, so hopefully, I would say maybe go to. Oh, I don't know. Maybe like the 40 minute mark. And then like, I'm sure you'll be in Matt's uh, sports topics and you can just like 15 seconds, like backtrack it a little bit until the start of it. If you really want to, if you really want to watch the show. Um, but Matt and I, I, I kind of challenged Matt um, to say that uh, he should watch Too Hot to Handle, which is another Netflix show. Um, so Matt will eventually watch that and I'm sure we'll cover it. But Matt told me what I should watch is Love is Blind. Um, so I just finished it not too long ago, and we both have been silent against each other and kind of wanted to bring it on the podcast and kind of share it with you all that we literally felt for a romantic reality TV show, the both of us, and we're very passionate about it. So um, to kind of give a little bit of a backstory as far as how the show worked out, um, there was 30 men and women um, were hoping to find love. So a couple of them had no plans, got out of a relationship, all this stuff here and there. Um, So for 10 days, um, the couples, I should say the groups, decided to go on speed dating. Uh, The men and women date each other in different pods um, where they can talk to each other, but they can't see each other. Um, Whenever they decided, the man was able to propose to the woman they want to marry. 
Um, and after the proposal, they meet for the first time face to face. They they head out to uh, Mexico for a little bit of a, like a pre honeymoon. Um, they spend time getting to know them. They then move in together in a little apartment complex where the rest of the couples are together. They meet their families. They meet their parents. They end up going to the basically. I mean, it's almost similar to Ninety Day Fiance, but in this span of time, the end goal is getting a wedding. And literally at the end, they truly find out if love is blind. Um, so, Matt, I, I want to leave the floor up to you for the first question. What are your thoughts on the show? Before we get into any like nitty gritty detail, like what were your thoughts on the show? What did you think of the experiment? Because it was called a social experiment. It was interesting. I didn't really like fully know what to expect when I first started to watch it. But it was it was weird because some people like really got a strong connection like day one where other people you know, didn't have it till later on. And it, it, it made me think of like, what's really like important in like a relationship because you know, the first thing we see when we see someone is looks, but really what's important is like what's on the inside. And that's what these people got to experience first. And then they got to see the looks and it was definitely a nice change of pace to watch. Yeah. I mean, you look at, I mean, you're going to watch too hot to handle and you're going to be like, Oh my goodness, this is (laughs) the exact opposite of what we're discussing right now. But, um, you know, I, I think to me, it, it really like, as somebody who's in a relationship, it really kind of scared me just how fast they were going. I'm like, oh, no, that's not the right thing to do. Like, why are you going through this already? And like, you already got a ring and you're already proposing. And like some even the cases like for me being like, a, I don't want to say a traditional man, like the I, as for me, if I was in that situation, I would ask the uh soon to be fiance's parents for the blessing like Mm -hmm. that's just kind of and then like literally you're meeting the parent and your daughter has the ring on the finger and you're like oh my goodness what am i gonna do the the parents (laughs) reactions were pretty funny they were like oh congratulations (laughs) like they did not know how to react at all um my matt i i have to ask would you go through this social experiment i would probably try it but i don't know if i would be successful at it just because there's so many factors that go in afterwards and you just never know. Like someone might seem like the right person and then you find out something later and it turns out they're not, you know? Yeah, no, for sure. Um, So we're going to go into the couples now. So if you, if you want to skip ahead, this is probably the good time to go into the couples, but the couples that were featured on the show, which Matt actually, believe it or not, there is more couples that um, went through the experiment um, but we didn't see them. There was actually a few that I was reading on a couple articles that actually got together because of the show. Um, but you didn't see them featured. But um, kind of going through the, the couples, we had Lauren and Cameron, um, which was uh, really coined as far as just a quick synopsis of them all. Um, Lauren and Cameron, the, the quick synopsis was that uh, it was an interracial relationship, um, but they really hit it off super well. Um, then there was Amber or Matthew or Barnett, as they called him throughout the show, which confused the heck out of me. Are you, am I allowed to call you Barnett? Because that's like me. Yeah. Cause no. your name's Matthew. His last name, his middle name's Barnett or his last name's Barnett. So what? That's so stupid. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, Barnett is a much cooler name. I will admit. Anyway, Matthew was kind of like the, I, I want to call you like the, the, Inta- the he's not really the Italian stallion, but he was kind of the playmaker and like the player throughout the game until he went through this engagement. And then she always confused my name, but I'm going to call her Gigi because that's what I heard yeah. throughout the show. Yeah, um, let's not try to pronounce that. <laughs> it's like G- Gianna, but then there's another A in between, Gianna and Damien. 
what I really saw from that relationship was the fact that there was not a really good sense of communication between the two of them. Um, Jessica and Mark, which the staple of that was Mark was 24 and Jessica was 34, which literally drove me nuts oh, we're, the entire freaking show. We're going to get to that one. <laughs> I got some thoughts on that one. Um, Kelly and Kenny, which uh, really completely hit it off well, but to the spoiler of it, they said no at the wedding for crying out loud. And then there was Diamond and Carlton, who had their little stint, but actually left in between when they were at Mexico after they all got the couples got together. Um, so, Matt, I'm going to allow you to to pick the first couple as far as um, if you don't mind just just saying like what was the result out of it, but kind of going into you know your thoughts about said couple. All right, let's start with uh, let let's start with Lauren and Cameron. Yeah, I mean, that's the simple one yes. to start with. So they were my favorite couple throughout the whole thing. Um, it, it, Cameron is like a cool dude. And like he just loved Lauren for who she was. And it was just like awesome to see like from day one they had this connection. And they didn't really have like a downside like at all. They had a little – Lauren's dad was – or Lauren was a little uh, nervous when he went to meet her dad for the first time. Mm-hmm. Which, mind you, that was the first time Lauren has ever brought a guy home in front to meet her father. So, like, that's all nerve-wracking to begin with. <laughs> Absolutely. But it was awesome to see, like, the dad's like, you know, I'm going to give this a try. And he didn't really, like, shoot him down right away. He, You know, he grilled him a little bit. But Cameron's just such a cool dude. You can't, like, not be friends with Cameron. He's just an awesome guy. Yeah, legit was was very much so, um, which really surprised me that his previous relationship was, again, another interracial relationship. So Mm -hmm. it was like so surprising that um, he was totally cool about it. And like he was that that just I I don't know what you call it, the sweat. I don't want to call it the swag, but just like the amount of confidence he had going into that conversation. I mean, sure. I think any guy, both you and I, Matt, would be nervous as heck going into a conversation like that. But um, I, I really like the fact that Lauren and Cameron uh, ended up, you know, the marriage worked out. And um, you were saying I follow two on Instagram. Well, Matt, I follow both of them. And I'm Instagram now because you, so just, you just can't. They're so cute. <laughs> so cute. Um, Matt, I'll bring up uh, I'll bring up Diamond and Carlton uh, just because that that's a short stint. And I feel like that could be something I don't want to say we can both agree on or disagree on. Um, so Diamond. uh you know, sweetheart. Carlton, on the other hand, had some internal conflict with himself. Um, she, he, my apologies, uh, he really didn't share the fact that um, he um, was interested both in male and female um, and really didn't share that with Diamond. And it really, um, Carlton was super scared about what her reaction was going to be. And I feel like Matt, to me, and, I, and I'm going to, like I said, they left during Mexico. I felt like Carlton kind of imploded himself as far as the whole situation when Diamond was just trying to, like, understand. But he got really, really confrontational when it came to it. He did. And it's tough for us to judge because we're not in that situation. Absolutely. We don't, we don't really know how he's feeling. But, yes, I do agree that I feel like they may have been able to work out. But, again, their communication wasn't. Super great. And I don't blame Carlton at all for not bringing it up because it's a tough subject to bring up. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm I'm glad he did bring it up before things got further and they kind of, you know, made a realization that maybe this isn't the best fit together. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. Um, I, I wanted to bring up because you texted me about I follow two couples. 
Um, Kelly and Kenny, my heart freaking dropped when um, Kelly said no on the wedding stage. And, and I kind of want to hear your feedback on that. Excuse my language. What the f- Kelly? Like, that was bullshit. <laughs> that was bullshit. The whole, I don't know if that was like the producing. I'm going to go on a mini rant. So Kenny it. and Kelly, they looked, made it look like they were the most perfect couple the entire show. Then you get the episode eight or nine and Kelly's like, oh, we haven't like made the jump into sex yet, which is fine because she didn't feel like she was ready, which is fine. And then all of a sudden, she gets to the altar. She's like, oh, I don't think I love you anymore. I can't do this. Where did this come from? You guys made it look like they were like the happiest couple in the world. And then boom, she says no. Like, what the hell was that? And Kenny was super upset. Like, you know, you get into the reality shows. I mean, I would be upset too, but you get into the reality shows and the dude's like, stop filming. And like, you know, when that happens, you're kind of like, okay, so they're... There is somewhat of a reality to this. And I feel like for you to say, was that the producer's problem? I think the way that the edit went, like the way they edited the show, yes, you certainly got caught off guard with it. But I feel like I I don't... I Yes, I have to 100% agree with you, Matt. I feel like there's no sense of direction as far as why she didn't... But again, we're not in the situation. We didn't go through this whole social experiment. But yeah. What, what the hell, Kelly? That, uh, that <laughs> really? blew my mind. I my I paused the show as I was watching, and I just sat there for like 10 minutes. I was like, she did not just say no, did she? Like, that was insane. And Kenny, also a great guy, would be really cool to get a beer with him too as well. Oh, yeah. I mean, Ken, yeah. I mean, everybody seemed pretty cool to get a beer with, if I'm being completely honest. But um, the one that I will go on the rant on is Jessica and Mark. You mean Messica, um, as some me- people call her. Messica? Messica, because she's a mess. Oh, yeah. She was a complete hot mess. mess. Hot mess. Hot mess. Complete hot mess. Um, just a simple fact that you're literally... Uh, every every single thing that she said when it was off interview was, oh, well, sh- he's 10 years younger than me. Oh, maybe he's too young. Oh, and kept firing questions at him of being like, so, like, in order for us to have kids, we need to have kids in the next five years. And then if you want to have two or three and yada, 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 it's like, who cares? Why do you have to go through that when you can literally just accept the person as who they are? Like, I think really all of us have experienced, like, age is just a number. Like, I, I feel like for me, like, in the past, like, I have dated people that are the same age. I'm currently right now in a relationship where this is the first time somebody is two years younger than me. But at the same time, I appreciate and I love the person just the way they are. And sometimes I even forget that they're two years younger than me. So, like... How could you go off and be in totally love with this person and then all of a sudden be like, ah, he's just too young for me when you said yes. You could have said no right then and there. Yeah, this one really bothered me too because like age is just the number. But right. also like she kept – like she brought it up to his mom. Like that, that – when you're meeting someone, you're like, yeah, I don't know. Like, you know, you know, he's he's 24. Like does he act like he's 24? Like – stop like if you if you love him you love him it doesn't age is just number also on mark how did he not know that was going to happen because she oh, like yeah. ha, like he must have been like totally in love with her because mm. she brought it up all the time even to him and he just kind of seemed surprised at the altar and i don't yeah. really know how he was that surprised I thought it was hilarious with a cut that they actually asked Mark first about, will you say I do or I don't? Which I was just like, well, we all know where this is going now. (laughs) I mean, I think we all knew what was going to happen either way. Oh, yeah. 
Absolutely. But like, Matt, I think we were looking at it like retrospect, like both of us are 24. So like, yes, we could be in that same situation. But I feel like in reality, like maturity did play a part, but I really did not see any type of immaturity with Mark. No way, shape or form. But, um, you know, kind of moving on the reason with Jessica and really the downfall of Jessica was with um, Barnett or Matthew. Um, but Matt, I don't know if you have any thoughts about Amber and Matthew with, I guess, that love triangle, I guess we can call it. <laughs> um, uh, I don't, I'm worried for them. Because really? they both seem like little wild childs. And I just hope that they can settle down. Now, like, the great couple, they were made made for each other. Oh, yeah. Amber's out there, Barnett's out there, and together they make a good couple. I just hope that they're both ready to, like, settle down. And may, I, I should try to follow them on Instagram or social media. Yeah, I think they're both on Instagram. Yes, um, because I, I, I've got a strong attachment to them because I was worried for them. I don't know. That's kind of, like, what I came away yeah. with it. I feel like to kind of give some context, like, Matthew was literally telling Jessica that, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to propose to you tomorrow. And like, then he didn't. And then like Jessica was, Jessica was kind of left with like, okay, well I guess I got my last chance ranch here with Mark. And like, you know, I, ugh, I, it's just, and then the whole interactions between when the couples got together and had, I think it was Matthew's birthday. It mm-hmm. was, it was Matthew's birthday. And just the conversations that just reminded me of like, Back in the college, back in the college days. Oh my god, I can't believe I said that. But like, <laughs> when it was just years ago. Um, but like, I, I just, I can just vividly remember some of the conversations. Not that I personally had or that I witnessed, with just the amount of a alcohol is in one individual, and number two, going up to somebody and saying all this weird stuff when you're engaged. I could see if you were in a relationship, but to the degree of like early on in college like you know if you're kind of in that point like you do want to move to a good point but oh it just it just gave me such a headache and i'm like mark why don't you see this amongst that why don't you rec i mean and he did like he did like he did he just he was just blinded by it he is blind i think i don't know if he didn't want to accept it or what but also on jessica every time she was with mark and like was trying to be lovey-dovey she was drunk also sort of been a major red flag for mark Yes, which even too like she even admitted something about how Matt was hot. Yes, before she went to bed, and Mark was just pissed. <laughs> yeah, which as he should like absolutely. <laughs> Jessica's also lucky that Amber didn't uh, squash her because yeah. she was ready to throw hands at the end. Yeah, and she literally said that in like the reunion. She was like, "I will literally come up and punch you if yeah. you get close to Matt." And I yeah. was like, oh "That's a God. sign for any girl who thinks Barnett's gonna, you know, come to you." Uh, uh-uh. uh, nope. You gotta, you gotta throw hands with Amber first. Nope. You gotta go through that. So, um, but Matt, I feel like we saved the best for last in the situation <sighs> that <laughs> these two. So, yes, Gigi and Damien. Now, they did say no. Um, Damien did say no up on the altar, but they're actually in a relationship now, as of what I know at the time of this podcast recording. So, mm-hmm. uh, Matt, your thoughts on uh, on Gigi and uh, Damien? I was surprised that he said no, actually. I actually thought they were going to both say yes. Um, they're made, like we said, their problem was they didn't have communication. But what bothered me is that during their arguments, they would admit that they don't have communication 
and then they would just not make the communication better. Mm-hmm. So it's basically like saying, oh, we have a water leak, but then you don't fix the water leak. And it just keeps filling <laughs> It just up. keeps getting worse and worse <laughs> until you get to the altar and you say no. Um, Gigi is not a girl that I would mess with. She could no, kick my ass. nor date. Or, or Damien. <laughs> they could both kick my ass. Yeah, that's true. I just... I. I think Damien left at that time a very toxic situation where if they did get married, it would get very much so intense and toxic as far as that situation arising. And they had a fight when it was, uh, I, w- I always want to call him Barnett, but his name's Matt. Uh, <laughs> like when Matt's party was going on, they legit got into a fight. And I don't know. I feel like Damien, for as awkward as he was, that was the whole situation was just because Damien was awkward in a conversation that Gigi just literally walked away from it and was like, you make me uncomfortable. And it's like, yeah, I have an awkward personality, but that doesn't mean that you have to walk away and just be. I was totally on Damien's side. I'm sounding like the true gossip girl. Like I was on Damien's side, at least for that situation. Yeah, I would agree, too. But I also didn't think it was fair of Damien when after he said no, immediately wanted to have a conversation with Gigi. Like she's going to be upset. Like you got to let her have some space after you say no at the altar. Yeah. yeah. Um, Matt, I, I feel like. To kind of to kind of wrap it up in 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 a in a nice uh, kind of way that I feel like anyone can understand if they didn't watch Love Is Blind, from your experience watching this, number one, can love be blind? And I'm going to throw that question at you. And number two, any other extra final thoughts that you think from the show itself? I think love definitely can be blind because we. I think Lauren and Cameron are just the exact. Mm-hmm. Uh, example that you need to use for that because they seem like they were made for each other. So I definitely do think love is blind. Um, any other further thoughts? Just don't read a cover by its book. Um, while someone, if you go up and see someone and you may find them physically attractive, they may not have the same on the inside. So just always keep an open mind about everything. And take your time. Yes. I feel like if that's that's anything that, that at least I can pull... Um, you know, I feel like a little, a little personal, like side note, like, you know, obviously me, like Jenna and I are dating right now and we've dated for about a year and almost coming up on five months. Yeah. I almost had to like, I almost like froze and I'm like, oh my God, how long have we been dating for? I know at least a year, but, um, at the time of this recording, but, but we'll be, um, five months within July and August will be six. I remember that because we went to the beach the one time, but, (laughs) um, just because like love is blind, you don't know where love is going to come from. And like Jenna and I both say, like, if you both look, if you both ask us, do you think, you know, where we would be today in a relationship? We'd be like, no, like we wouldn't because we never thought that would be it. And, you know, just just the time that we had and like going through like we went through the date. We went we, we had dates. We got to know each other. We you know got to know some personal things about each other. But like. This whole situation and mess of like not seeing the person I like seeing seeing is not everything. Let me put it that way. But just like going through that actual traditional process and then like proposing and like not even getting to know like the true personality because it's just you isolated in that pod. I <laughs> it's it's definitely scary. It's scary. It was definitely an interesting show to watch. And I think I think there's coming out with the season two, I believe. 
I saw some written stuff, so um, yeah. hopefully we'll be able to to, to recap another season, and oh. hopefully it's not as crazy as it is. But um, hopefully, Matt, you will come back with uh, watching uh, Too Hot to Handle. Absolutely, and we'll certainly uh, go and talk about that. And and just for our audience and our listeners, if you would like to, um, Love Is Blind and Too Hot to Handle is on Netflix. So make sure you watch it before um, Netflix decides to cancel it, like The Office. So <laughs> um, when we come back. Again, we're going to throw into the sports topics. Don't go anywhere. All right, let's slide right into the sports topics for today. For the first time on this show, I believe we are going to talk about the UFC. And trust me, we're not going to give any insights because, Mike, I think I speak for the both of us when we know nothing about fighting. I don't even know if I can throw a punch Okay, same. Uh, But what I did want to focus on is uh, their new island that they bought, which is called Fight Island. So Dana White, who is the president and founder of UFC, I believe is the founder of UFC, he is one of my favorite leaders in sports just because he does what he wants, but he's also for his players and his fighters. So during this pandemic, they obviously weren't able to have fights. So what Dana White did is he went out and he bought his own little island and he is going to make it a fight island. So basically some of the big fights or just any fight, they will have the card. So for people who don't know, a card is like five of the main fights for the night. And they will be on this island in their own octagon, which I think is pretty cool. I believe the next big event is UFC 251, which I believe is going to be on Fight Island. Oh. And I just think this is like a really cool idea. I don't know exactly how much it cost him. But I think it's definitely something unique in the fight against COVID-19 and going forward when we go back to somewhat of normality that he has this option that he can have his fights on his own island. I feel like, Matt, it certainly brings a a profitable uh, experience. I'll put it that way. Like, I feel like you could really I mean, I saw some of the renderings in the article that you, you reported on with Fox Sports and just the fact that like having literally an island dedicated to UFC is almost like going into Disney World with your fast pass. Like there's so many opportunities that you can go through whether it's, you know, I what I'm seeing like if I if I was, you know, just part of USC or or just um, you know, understanding it, but just the fact of like you could literally make a Hall of Fame space, a for kids space, hotels, resorts, theme parks amusement parks virtual reality whoever care and then literally at the epicenter of this island is like the octagon and like i i can't believe when you said it i was like wow so they actually bought an island and they're gonna purpose it for fights i i just think there's there's i mean when it comes to capital work and all that like I feel like there's could be a little bit more of like, oh, well, I have to fly down there now to see when it was just like, what was it, hosted in Los Angeles or... Um, Usually uh, Vegas. Vegas, Usually. yeah, my fault. Yeah. yeah, close, close. California, Nevada. Yeah, and, and but- <laughs> this whole thing started when um, they were still trying to have UFC 249, I believe, and there was a pretty big fight that was supposed to happen. One of the fighters was stuck in the UK, I believe, or somewhere in Europe, and because of the travel restrictions, he wasn't able to f- come back into the United States to fight. So they had to get a replacement fighter who actually ended up winning that fight, I believe. Uh, so this was a way for Dana White to kind of like work around that to have his own island. So in case something like this happens again, or let's say there's another spike in COVID in the fall, he can get his fighters to this fight island and they can go on like regular business. 
Yeah, I think definitely um, just just the fact that you can isolate, and I know that mm-hmm. that's a word we use so often when it's when it comes to uh, you know this whole situation with COVID nineteen. But having that opportunity where let's just say you know the week before, okay, you already have a fighters resort. Like you literally have like where all the fighters can stay and like their team and like it's enough to fill in up the whole resort. You can get there as early on as you can. And it's kind of that opportunity where you can be able to have the fights and you could be able to have the consistent quality and and all these things. Because, yeah, I mean, Vegas is one thing where it's just like it's just so popular and just so traditional that you hosted in Vegas, I guess. Now, now that you said it was in Vegas, I'm like, oh, yeah, like obviously Las Vegas, like um just with that idea. <laughs> See, we know nothing about UFC. <laughs> I've actually been watching it lately. It's, yeah. It's pretty cool. I don't I'm, I don't know, like, techniques and all that stuff, but it's very entertaining. I actually like it a little better than regular boxing, for being honest. I, I, I mean, boxing boxing is more technique. Uh, UFC is just more grit. If, I'm, if I can throw two comparisons, like... I, I would disagree with that. I think there's a little bit more technique because not only is... Some of the players do train in boxing... But then they train in jujitsu and all this other stuff. And there's technique wrestling. And you have to find different techniques to maybe get like a, a knockout or, or a submission. Like if you choke holds and stuff like that. Something that you can't find in boxing. Because I'll, I'll listen to the commentating during a fight. And they'll talk about when the guys are on the ground. How much technique does go into trying to get out or try to keep a guy in your hold. It's pretty interesting. Yeah, I... I... It is popular, and I feel like we're we're not giving enough credit to how UFC has certainly gained the popularity in mm-hmm. fighting as far as a generic sport, as far as to generalize the sport, just fighting. Um, because, you know, you've had the Conor McGregors, you've had uh, the Brock Lesnars, you've had the Ronda Rouseys that, like, have become these social icons that we all know and, and just are aware of when it comes to social media or whatnot, but... Um, I really think this island is going to be beneficial. I did not think at one point I, I was thinking like, oh, yeah, like that's stupid. Why would you buy an island? Like, I feel like it's going to be the Disney World of UFC where you can literally just go and enjoy yourself and just escape. And, I, you know, it's just the rendering. Like, yeah, yeah, again, I was looking at it like the rendering. Like, there's a lot of nice things and a lot of potential that you can put out as far as, oh, honey, like grab the kids. We're going to go to UFC Fight Island. <laughs> I love Dana White, and this is just another move that, like, it just proves he's probably one of the greatest sports commissioners. I believe he's considered the commissioner for UFC that in in the world. Like, he's just he's on top of his game, and if he wants to get something, he gets it. We don't um, want to go into MLB commissioners or or uh, football commissioners at this time. So it's no, a, it's, it, a, it's a good 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 uh, good change of pace. <laughs> yes, UFC's uh, presidents are good. MLB is bad. But speaking of the MLB. We'll move on to the second topic into what is probably my favorite feel-good story since quarantine in the sports world, at least. So the MLB draft happened this week, and it was a little different than future drafts. So, Mike, I don't know if you know, but usually the MLB draft is 40 rounds. This year, it was five. Oh, wow. Yes. So they cut it back significantly, so it was was to save a little bit of money. You can argue if that's ethical or not. We're not going to argue that. But what we are going to talk about is uh, pitcher Eric Ors, who is a two-time cancer survivor and was drafted by the New York Mets in this draft. So he is a 22-year-old pitcher from the University of New Orleans, and it's just awesome to see 
not only can this guy be a great baseball player and get drafted, but he's also a two-time cancer survivor. He fought off testicular cancer and skin cancer back in 2018 and 2019. That's, that's pretty crazy. I mean, I, it's it's certainly not, oh gosh, what do you call those games where it's it's not like a pity game? Or what, no, I not at what all. They call it. Like, it's, not a, it's not a pity pick where it's like, okay, like we got to you know, pick this kid because he, he's a cancer survivor. Like, this kid has some skill as far as, you know, what, what I was looking at as far as his stats, his ERA, his strikeouts. And, like, obviously from what I've been reading about him before we got on the podcast was the fact that, like, he had to miss part of both his 2018 season and his 2019 season just to recover from multiple operations. Um, you know, I don't want to go into detail as far as, you know, is he going to be at his utmost, like, 100% because of the – like, who cares? Uh, like, yeah. It's <laughs> I think what's going to be great is the the superstardom that I think, you know, the New York Mets needs as far as, you know, how awful they are in comparison to the other New York team. But <laughs> I might actually watch this kid play um, because, you know, I, we're, we're both Yankee, diehard Yankees fans, both Matt and I. So. Yeah. And it, if, it, you know, if you would have gotten drafted in like the 40th round, maybe it wouldn't have been as significant. But he was drafted in the fifth round. He was the 150th pick. Before the coronavirus stopped his season, he was 3-0 with a 2.75 earned run average, which is pretty good, That's and right. 29 strikeouts in uh, just under 20 innings. So pretty good pretty good stats. Um, and, you know, it's just a feel-good story. It's something in the news that you don't hear a lot of right now, and uh, it's just an, an awesome thing to talk about. Yeah, I mean, it's just... Once, once all this stuff kind of resumes to, to some type of normalcy, I, I really feel like we're going to start seeing these stories emerge from the woodwork as far as, you know, one person is interacting with, you know, like this is, I mean, this is a really great um, individual who would be a great sponsor for Make-A-Wish. Um, just because, you know, with Make-A-Wish, like, there's a lot of terminal illnesses and all that that, that individuals go through and they make their wish. I You can't pick a better person if it comes to cancer than Ors being that individual that's part of the Make-A-Wish. I mean, I really hope he gets to some type of superstardom, but, like, you know, I feel like if I was in that situation and I was going through, like, cancer treatments and all that, like, I would want him to be my guy as far as getting to know him and... There could be a lot of great perspective as far as, you know, what he's been through and what he's going through and um, just the reality of of meeting a a baseball player from the MLB. Absolutely. I don't think this is going to be the last time we hear of him. I think he's – I don't know if he's necessarily going to make majors, but usually if you get drafted in the first five rounds, you're a pretty good player. So hopefully he makes it to the big leagues. And uh, Eric, from all of us here at the Funny Business Podcast, congratulations on your uh, being the cancer survivor and um, being drafted in the MLB. Absolutely, man. We look forward to seeing you grow, and uh, you know, hopefully, you won't be playing against the Yankees. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully, you give up a few home runs, but that's it. <laughs> just a few. Just we're a we're few. okay with just a few. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, it is now time in the podcast. We are going to take it. All right. So last week's take it, we did sub versus hoagies, and then is it a roll or a bun? Uh, we've done a lot of food, I think, in the last two weeks. So this one is definitely not going to be food related. Okay. Mike, it is one that you know that I am very. I think you know that I am very passionate about. So I'm just going to throw it right at you. Is Batman a superhero? Oh. 
because I, you know how I feel about this. <laughs> Batman is not a superhero. So let's 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 uh, flash back to this morning at about seven thirty in the morning. I send Matt a video. <laughs> I already had this picked up before you sent me that, and I just was like, "Yep, it's meant to be." Oh man! So literally, the video is is like college humor, um, and it's Batman and Robin. Now this is like Bruce. Um, oh gosh, who played him when he was like the classic, like you don't know? I couldn't tell you. No. Like cheesy, like seven seventies or eighties, like you know graphics. Um, anyway, <laughs> kept going to O'Malley's Pub which was a bar that was somewhat in New York and just kept going and going and was trying to find the Riddler. And, you know, we thought Batman had a drinking problem. <laughs> just, you have to see it. It's hilarious. But, um, no, you're wrong. Uh, Batman is a superhero. And I can understand why Batman shouldn't be a superhero. But Batman does follow up with all of the rest of the people that superheroes does besides have unnatural superpowers. Yeah, but that's what makes them a superhero. They have superpowers. Batman doesn't have a superpower. So what does Batman do? Uh, sorry. What do all superheroes do, apparently? They they save the world, but they're superheroes because they do something superhuman. Batman so, can't do anything superhuman. So saving the world is certainly not enough to call somebody a superhero. Exactly. That is correct. He is a, I, he is a great hero, but what makes them superhuman is that they have uh, super. What makes them a superhero is they have superhuman abilities. Superman can fly. The Flash is the fastest man alive at super speed. The Hulk turns into a monster. Not a monster. He turns into a the muscular Hulk? person to Hulk. Real, and great, he's, Matt. And he's got super strength. <laughs> I no. Because here's the thing: when it comes to Batman, Batman is going full fledged into trouble, and he's going to save. God, okay, I will give you the point where Superman and maybe the Hulk, there was some understanding that they would save the planet. Here's the thing about Batman, though. Um, I forget, is it Batman Begins when he was facing off against Scarecrow? I feel like that's that was the episode um, where it was the fact that if Gotham got to the point where all that scare gas, I'm just going to keep it synopsis quick. If it got to the point in which it came from the subway, like police department, like where the police department was housed, it would spread across the entire earth. Batman stopped that gas before it hit it. So before it even got out amongst the world, Batman stopped it in Gotham city, which then all the rest of the superheroes are having a problem containing it into the entire planet earth. That's great. How do you fix it with his little utility utility belt? No, he used a bunch of things from oh. fighting and oh, okay. a grapplers and all these things. Like, yeah. man, I could potentially be a superhero for all. Maybe I am a superhero for all we know. Do you I, have you a superpower? Do you I, have a superpower? But I have a lot of tools and technology uh, that I can work that's out. That's great. I have a car and toolbox, too. I'm not a superhero. Yeah, but you are too afraid to, to face fear. That's and a fact. That's a fact. <laughs> you're, not, you're, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. But no, superheroes, like, I'll throw out another name. Okay. Iron Man. Not a superhero. But he's saving the pl- He's saving individuals from greater peril. But what like, is his superpower? His superpower is having the intelligence of creating this technology. That's not a superpower. I, I know people that could have built that. I don't know like names. The, I don't know. But Bill Gates? Just, yeah, Bill Gates could probably do it. 
I feel like Matt, you you are really sticking with the whole super thing, and for someone who is a superhero, is doing things that are not normal to the common. You know, we say not all superheroes wear capes. Like the Domino's pizza delivery driver, when you're drunk at two in the morning and you need pizza, and you know those uh, uh, breadsticks. Like, yeah, he's going in at two in the morning. That's really something that not a normal person would do at two in the morning. So technically, not all superheroes wear capes, which then brings all the next question. Superheroes don't wear capes. Not all superheroes wear capes. No capes. <laughs> what about the people that don't wear capes? <laughs> Let's ask that bigger question. <laughs> well, Captain well, America is not a superhero either, but he doesn't wear a cape. What? What's his superpower? This is what I'm saying. Like, anyone could be Captain America. Anyone could be Batman. Not everyone can be Superman because they can't fly. Not everyone can be the Hulk. Up a Not everyone said, can be Spider Man. Do I have to pull up a freaking quote that I said for for an event that I that I hosted about? Um, oh God, what was the quote that I said? I, anyway, I I just think Matt, you're really taking the word superpower way too seriously. But that's what it saying, is. No, because the person Batman is saving literally people from peril and from dying like but what i'm saying is there's nothing different about me and batman other than the fact that batman has the technology to do it and so you you so you're saying to me the joker comes out or scarecrow or any other of his frozone um no no that's not that's incredible <laughs> wow we just Honey, went in <laughs> where's my super suit <laughs> froze Freeze. Freeze. Dr. Freeze. That's yes. yeah. a Dr. Freeze. Arnold, Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> um, I said in a uh, little little ditty for one of our live streams, if I can find it, um, it's not who I – I forget. Yeah, now now I'm going to be like, oh, yeah, like, you know, this is, this is apparently what I said. So, um, okay. So Batman said, and I believe it was Batman Begins – uh it he said um let's see here it is not who i am wait it is not who i am underneath but what i do that defines me so i agree with that just because he doesn't have superpowers doesn't mean he can't be a superhero no he is he is one of the best heroes ever he but he's is, not a superhero he's a really 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 great hero He's just not, like I said, there's nothing different about me and Batman. Nothing. Nothing. Other than he's probably better looking. (laughs) Nothing different. I cannot do what Superman does because I can't fly. I can't shoot webs out of my arm, so I can't be Spider-Man. So you mean to tell me that you are willing to go in guns, not even guns a-blazing, but have thousands of guns pointed at you and have unnatural weapons and forces that not the average human can handle you're saying you're willing to go in just like batman if i had batman's technology yes i would so okay so we're gonna gonna act like i didn't jump at a stink bug that was in my bathroom a few days ago (laughs) that's that's beside the point but just because batman might have like more courage than someone doesn't make him a superhero so he didn't spend the time before he moved back to Gotham within the training. I forget what training it was. See, I'm horrible with my movies when it comes to superhero movies. Besides Spider-Man, one, two, and three. Those are uh, quality. <laughs> Besides three. Three is a little old. Uh, yeah, we got that one. <laughs> we'll forget about that one. 
I was a little forget about that. Just just a little bit. But um black suit was great. Not when Peter Parker was not wearing the suit. That no. just personality was not there. Anyway. <laughs> I Matt, I'm gonna have to disagree with you because again, I think you're really just taking the fact that just because he doesn't have a superpower like Spider Man that can sling webs. You know, here's the other thing too. The renditions of Spider Man, there's ones that literally have web coming out of his wrists. And then there's other times when it's technology. So are you going to call the Spider-Men that necessarily have the web-shooting technology not superheroes? If they can shoot web without wearing the suit, they're a superhero. Yes. They have a supernatural ability. He has the supernatural ability to shoot webs. No, but when he... um, I forget what it was. I believe it's the... uh, Oh, wow. Ultimate... No, not Ultimate Spider-Man. Oh, God. The Amazing Spider-Man. Like, when the new younger version of it was and all that. Like, he literally had technology that, like, once he pressed from his uh, suit, it shot web-like stuff. Yes, but he still can do that without the suit. I remember he couldn't. Well, and that's not the Spider-Man that I grew up knowing. Same, which really ticked me off. Yes. But that's because that's what started out with batman never had a superpower to begin with batman never had all this stuff but yet he is still willing to go against the joker willing to go against bane bane of all people like you're saying you could take on bane when you literally said that you gg and damien would you would not go up against because they probably kick your ass they like let's could. put it that way so you're so let me ask you this are batman no, you're not going back to the fact for me saying spider-man with using no technology. i'm not, not i'm thing. not using spider-man <laughs> Are Batman and Superman on the same level of heroes? Okay, so why did they make a movie Batman versus Superman? Oh, but are you not? Let's let's. I'm asking you a question. You per, I, you I'm personally, back. <laughs> you personally, are Batman and Superman the same level of hero? I believe so. Oh my gosh! I okay because why didn't they make a movie Batman versus Superman? That's not the, that's not the point. So if then it would be like, you know what, Batman's not on the same level as Superman. We're just going to put maybe like Batman and uh, the Hulk. Like, oh, no, Superman versus the Hulk. Like, because we want to keep the superpowers in relevance. Yeah, like, they should have. He has no supernatural ability, ergo. I don't know if that's a real word. Ergo. Ergo? I don't know. Th- therefore. Therefore. <laughs> he is not a superhero. He has that. anyone with his... Maybe I'm not saying I could be Batman. Let me take that back. Anyone with Bruce, <laughs> anyone with Bruce Wayne's, I'm sorry, <laughs> anyone with Bruce Wayne's courage and his money and his technology, who also has a really cool butler, could be Batman. Alfred, what a great guy! Great guy, <laughs> but no, he's not a superhero. I don't know, Matt. He's just a really, funny. really, really great hero. I <sighs> that hurts. And yet, you still appreciate the college humors of Batman. But with <laughs> I like Batman. The movies are good. He's just not a superhero. I feel like we're going to have to leave this up to the audience this time, Matt. I, I'm very, very much so Batman is a superhero. I'm intrigued to see what they have to say. Yes. I'm going to get in some Twitter, I, Twitter fights. And as always, is it? Invisalign. <laughs> Side note, if you haven't watched Batman college, college humor videos, you have to. They're hysterical. I quote them all the time, even though Batman's not a real superhero. Oh, man. Injustice. <laughs> I'm going to watch them tonight. 
<laughs> and then you're going to find out, yes, Batman is a superhero. No, so. they made me learn that Batman is not a superhero. Oh, man. Well, anyways, guys, we're going to run off because the uh, the bat signal is going off. And uh, I think both of us need to wrap up this podcast before we go another half hour. So um, if you are on Apple Podcasts, make sure you leave a review, a rating. Uh, that helps us out, get the podcast out amongst other individuals. Um, thank you so much if you're watching on Spotify, Google Podcasts, on our Anchor platform, because I know some individuals are listening on our Anchor platform. Thank you very much. And again, we just started posting our videos up on YouTube, Funny Business Entertainment. You can search Funny Business Podcast, Funny Business Entertainment. You can search both of our names and it'll show up because I did something to, to kind of put up the search engine optimization for it. But um, next week, episode 10, my friend, we're here. It's going to be a fun episode, that's for sure. It's going to be a fun episode for sure. I don't want to spoil what we got planned. No, but... it, it's it's going to be a different show, different different episode, but you guys are going to like it. We're going to have strippers. We're going to have nope. uh, lots nope. of alcohol. Um, that, we're going to have yes. a drive through strip club. So uh... Maybe. We could. <laughs> Maybe we could. So. Maybe we could. <laughs> well, until next time, guys, make sure you uh, enjoy yourself. Enjoy the week. If you're moving out of the coronavirus restrictions, we are going green in my area this Friday today. Actually, today is first go green day. So I'm going to listen oh. to a bunch of green day. So <laughs> we go. And happy Father's Day to all of your fathers out there as well. Yes, sir. All right. Until next time, guys, we'll see you on the next episode. Stay safe, everyone. <laughs>